This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. In 2006, Sean Payton arrived in New Orleans as a relatively unknown first-time NFL head coach. His task was daunting, resurrect a Saints team that had just finished 3-13 and and had won only one playoff game in the previous four decades. Meanwhile, the city was undergoing its own staggering rebuild following the devastation of Hurricane Katrina five months earlier. Payton knew that to turn around the Saints' fortunes, he needed to turn around their dreadful quarterback legacy. The Saints targeted a San Diego Chargers cast-off they hoped would be the new face of their franchise, Drew Brees. Between the draft and free agency, every team in the NFL had passed on Brees at least once because of his surgically repaired right shoulder or his lack of prototypical size. But for Peyton and the Saints, Brees was worth the risk, and his signing would irrevocably change the franchise's prospects and profile. Jeff Duncan is a columnist for the Athletic New Orleans and previously covered the Saints of the Times-Picayune. He is the author of Tales from the Saints' Sideline and From Bags to Riches. The book is Peyton and Breeze, the men who built the greatest offense in NFL history. Happy to have Jeff Duncan join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Jeff, welcome to this program. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for having me. So why this book on Peyton and Breeze for you? Well, you know, I've always been kind of fascinated by leaders in different fields, whether it's in athletics, which, you know, I do obviously my job entails covering uh, sports. Um, I've done that now for 30 30 years now, and uh, they are probably, Steve, the two best leaders I've ever seen and covered, and they're both on the same team at the same time. So I was intrigued by that. And then as well, uh, the fact that Drew Brees and Sean Payton, both iconic figures here in Louisiana and, and in the city of New Orleans, uh, you know, have had this partnership now for 15 years, a decade and a half, and it's probably about to come to an end. I think the shelf life has been expired here uh, probably after the 2020 season. And the fact that Drew and Sean each had written a book after the Super Bowl in 2009, I think the release dates were in 2010. Uh, we've had over a decade and a lot has happened in both of their careers and lives since then. Drew Brees has become the all-time leading passer in NFL history, has had, uh, you know, a growing, started a growing family with his wife, Brittany, uh, and Sean Payton has kind of ridden a roller coaster ride as the head coach, was suspended from the league for a year and uh, almost left New Orleans and then came back and has kind of led a resurrection of the franchise. And these two now have a chance to kind of walk off in the sunset together with a, a potential another Super Bowl berth this season. So it just seemed like the timing was right to kind of document what they've done here uh, and maybe potentially a, a great run in another another championship. Jeff, what has made this partnership so special? Well, they're both very like-minded people. Uh, you know, they're very competitive, uh, driven men, both uh, with kind of obsessive personalities and uh, desire to be great. Uh, I think they're different in a lot of ways, but when it comes to football, uh, they walk a very common path. And I think that like-mindedness has made it such a successful combination. Luke McCown, the Longtime backup here, uh, who's since retired, said something in the book that I thought was pretty spot on. He said that Drew Brees looks at the game of football more like a coach than any player he'd ever played with. And Sean Payton looked at the game 
more like a quarterback than any coach he'd played with. And I think that kind of uh, speaks to why they've been so harmonious in their relationship um, and why they've been so successful. I think it's very rare and unprecedented in the, in the history of the NFL for a quarterback of Drew Brees' caliber, an elite player like that, to have a head coach that also played the position. If you look at the history of the game, uh, you know, from uh, Don Shula and Dan Marino to Chuck Knoll and Terry Bradshaw, uh, Brett Favre, Mike Holmgren, Bill, Bill Walsh, and um, Joe Montana, even Belichick and Brady, none of them had a combination like this. Uh, none of the coaches ever played the same position as the elite quarterback. So I think it makes it very unique and, and just a fascinating case study into, into their success. Chatting with Jeff Duncan, his book is Peyton and Breeze, the men who built the greatest offense in NFL history. So how did they do it? How did they build this this great offense? Well, I think it's the combination of, of a brilliant offensive mind and Sean Peyton, you know, one of the great play designers and play callers in, in league history, finding the perfect match in a quarterback to run his complicated system in Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees... Uh, you know, played at a very high-level program in Austin, Texas, Westlake High School, uh, won a state championship there. Uh, he, he kind of re- reminds me a little bit, Steve, of, of, you know, the Malcolm Gladwell chapter in, in uh, Outliers that spoke of genius and greatness and, uh, you know, referenced the Beatles and, and the 10,000 hours rule. Uh, Drew Brees is very much like that at quarterback. He played through a lot of passes in college in a high-level high passing attack, a spread attack, very sophisticated attack. Then went to Purdue and played in a spread system there and also threw a zillion passes in college. So by the time he got to the NFL, uh, he was in that 10,000-hour window. And then he gets into this system after – uh, a pit stop in, in San Diego with the Chargers. And it was just the perfect marriage of a sophisticated offense. And as John Stinchcomb, the former left tackle for the Saints, said, uh, you know, Drew Brees is a supercomputer. So you get a quarterback with that kind of mind, that kind of processing power, and plug him into a sophisticated system that's very quarterback friendly and surround him with a bunch of great players and you end up with an offense that's broken almost every NFL record there is for passing and is um and has been probably the most prolific we've seen in NFL history over the last decade and a half. And prolific at the two minute drill, as you point out, a great example that uh opening night, Monday night game last season against the Texans at home and the comeback. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, Drew Brees has continued that on this year as well. Uh, with the two-minute drive, they've scored in uh, the last 15 seconds of the last five games in the 2020 season before halftime, including the last two games here where he scored with two seconds on the clock and three seconds on the clock, working the two-minute offense just as he did in that Houston opener where he had 30, I think it was 37 seconds left in one timeout and drove the Saints down to get a field goal. He's just masterful at it. He operates the entire uh, offensive two-minute attack himself. Uh, they're getting no input really from the sidelines, from the coaching staff. He's calling all the plays on the field. And in those high-pressure, 
moments, the quick tempo where everything's moving very fast, uh, that's when he excels and when his processing power that we mentioned earlier is on full display. And it's really, I think, one of the great uh, testaments to Breeze and Peyton. They spend so much time on that two-minute drill and practice, preparing for using all those different situations to where their team is prepared for that moment because they know so many games are won and lost either at the end of the first half or at the end of the game. And uh, they have probably been able to execute that situation of football as well or better than anyone that's ever played the game. Yeah, and in that game, too, just how he processed on that last pass play to get them into closer field goal range for the final winning kick, um, just how he checked off like three times on that, that final play. Yeah, and, and all of his receivers, of course, uh, at the ready there, checking his hand signals. They have such a long, Steve, they have such a long uh, verbiage in their offensive system normally when they call a play. Sometimes it can be as many as 18 words that he has to verbalize in the huddle. But when they go to the two-minute to save time, everything's just a hand signal. They don't huddle up to save time. So he's able to flash those hand signals as he's back in the shotgun formation. And he changed it, I think, three times as he surveyed the field. And that basically all comes back to his preparation, which is legendary around the Saints facility among the coaching staff and players, the the routine that he goes through to prepare for a game, the mental stamina that he has to go through uh, the game film of the opponent and be prepared for every possible scenario, including these two-minute situations. All that comes home to roost during that two-minute uh, drive when everything's moving very fast, there's a lot of pressure, and he's able to remain poised and recall exactly what he needs to go to in those situations and communicate it to his teammates. And they're just highly efficient at it. They very rarely, if ever, make a mistake in those situations. And if you watch around the league, it's quite common for people to jump off sides or have a pre-snap infraction or a wayward pass, miscommunication. Never happens with Drew Brees running that system. Jeff, let's fast forward to this season. There's a guy named Brady in the same division. It is the Saints division still to lose. I, I believe in that, and I'm sure you do. Um, uh, full disclosure, we're recording this on Election Day. They are playing each other uh, this coming weekend. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it's going to be great theater, as it was in, in the opener. I really wish uh, we were in a different year and a different time uh, where, where we could have fans at these games because yeah. – uh, to see two players of this stature uh, in the late stages of their careers uh, face off, it's it's historic meeting. Uh, we've never seen this before, two 40-year-old quarterbacks uh, facing off with so much on the line and leading their respective franchises uh, potentially could have a Super Bowl berth on the line uh, for the winner of this game. Certainly will take the upper hand. Uh, in the division, and there's such great respect between Tom Brady and Drew Brees. I think they're very similar in a lot of ways. I've interviewed a lot of players that played with both of them that will tell you that, uh, that they approach the game very similarly, very disciplined approaches and thorough um, attention to detail is off the charts. So it's fun to watch them in a chess match. They very much approach the game of football uh, from a mental standpoint, 
they get to been a big part of their both of their successes. And obviously, Tom Brady has all the rings on his fingers, which uh, give him, I think, probably a leg up as far as his legacy compared to Drew Brees. And I know it's something that Drew Brees is very envious of, uh, but I know he respects Tom Brady as much or more than any player he's ever played against. So it's going to be fun to watch those two match wits and passes uh, on Sunday night in Tampa. Jeff, do you think coaching is in Drew Brees' future or broadcasting? No, I think it'll probably be broadcasting. I I think he'd tell you that uh, as much as he loves the game, it, it requires so much time, and he puts so much time into it right now. I think one of the reasons that will eventually lead, one of the main reasons will lead to his retirement will be just the, the time involved away from his family. I think it's really wore on him as his family's gotten bigger and grown, and uh, I think coaching just requires too much time for someone like Drew Brees. I think his post-playing career will be very similar, will mirror that of Peyton Manning, where he'll have a lot of irons in the fire, will have some business interests, will be involved in media, and also uh, will probably even do some form of entertainment and TV uh, as well because um, Drew Brees has, has maintained that throughout his playing career. He's got a lot of uh, – wears a lot of different hats, and I, I just can't see him uh, taking the time to de- that's going to be necessary to devote to coaching. Jeff Duncan, the book is Peyton and Breeze, The Men Who Built the Greatest Offense in NFL History. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Steve. I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, a chance to talk about the book and hope everybody gets a chance to read it. And this is Speaking of Writers.